Aang is the Avatar. He's the world's only chance. You both found him for a reason. Now your destinies are intertwined with his. Hello, friends, benders, and non-benders alike. Welcome to Braving the Elements, Nickelodeon's new podcast about all things Avatar, Korra, Aang, Kiyoshi. We're really getting into it. We're getting into all the avatars and then some. I'm Janet Varney. And I am Dante Bosco. Very excited to see you again, my friend. I want to say you're more of a silver fox every day, and it's extremely becoming and distinguished. I'm like, you know, Zuko slowly turning into Uncle Iroh. That's right. Happy I'm going there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Bosco, ask and you shall receive. We threw some stuff out there to the fans, and we got so much amazing feedback from our first episodes. So touching and so exciting. There were so many manatee memes and images flying around the internet as you (laughs) and it turns out many others discovered that Appa is part manatee. And if you remember, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. You were not the only one. See, we're part of the community. And then with the manatee thing, I just want to thank uh, Stephanie Kettle, who reached out and who's from the Moat Marine Laboratory and Aquarium down in Sarasota, Florida, who invited me and us to go see, you know, me and you, Jen, next time we're in the area to go meet their manatees, Hugh and Buffett. Oh, my God. Hugh and Buffett. Meet them up close and meet and greet. I love that. And I will say we haven't been at an aquarium together since we were Corpus Christi, Texas, where we also went to an aquarium. And we they did didn't have to manatees. <laughs> no manatees there. So we got to go see those manatees. Yes, Stephanie, thank you. I'm in. Manatees. We're in. And so you had mentioned a couple, you mentioned uh, Aang and the fact that he was so lightly clad in terms of his uh, wardrobe and you were concerned because you have a wonderful heart inside of you, even though yes. you play Zuko. Uh, you were concerned about concerned. his well-being. And then I had like that, because I'm obsessed with the animals on the show, that question about what are those little white scurrying animals that were on the ship? So first, I want to quickly shout out some of the answers and guesses I was able to gather up. I am so sorry if I missed your response. Uh, They were coming in fast and furious in such a wonderful way. We love you. Thanks to Danielle, Pauline, Jess, Marley, Britt, and MX Nick for all trying to guess along with me what are those creatures. Everybody seemed to lean towards like a mouse and something combo. You know, mouse and, you know, be it cat, sugar glider. I love those. Bunny, chipmunk, or squirrel. And those are all great guesses. And yet, not that guy on Twitter went straight to the Avatar fandom wiki and said they're white hamsters. So I don't know. Straight that, up. I guess it's I guess if it's in Avatar Wiki, it's canon. Thank you, not that guy. Thank you, not that guy, for getting into the official documents. And then what about these these folks who wanted to weigh in and help you calm your nerves about uh, Aang being cold in the Southern Water Tribe? Climate? At Avatar, the last podcasters uh, says Aang doesn't need extra clothing in cold conditions because airbenders can warm their bodies with bending. And Which makes M- sense. Yeah, right? Although you're probably jealous because that kind of means they can create a warmth that... I don't know. Like, I, I mean, fire... that's like really close to firebending um, yeah. territory. He, is there. he getting it on your territory? Thank you, everyone, for not just these responses, but just the overwhelming responses that you've given to us over social media across all the platforms. We feel the love. It, it is, means the world to us. We um, we love you guys. And so thank you, thank you, thank you for, for all your feedback. We hope it continues. 
my friend, we yes. had a marathon conversation with Mike and Brian. We did two episodes that we released back to back. I'm so excited that that happened and that it happened early on in our podcast history so we could get the gurus into well, the studio. It's always amazing to talk to those guys, especially those, since those are the guys that kind of created this whole world. Let's get, you know, started on the right foot. That's right. Let's get our dads in there. Let's get, Let's get our dads I will, in there. I will drive that into the ground. I will call them our two dads until My two everyone dads. finally is like, enough, they're not your dads. I don't even know if people know the, you know, do you, I, I allude to the My Two Dads show. Do, I was going to say, think, there definitely was a My Two Dads show for sure. I don't know if people sure. really know that show, but there's, I do. Shout out to anyone who A, has two dads, B, watched the show My Two Dads, or C, actually still enjoys that I call Mike and Brian our two dads. Our two dads. I love it. I mean, it, there was also like a real meta aspect to it in that, you know, here we are, we record our pilot and then Mike and Brian listen to our pilot before it goes out into the world to which make sure that they're- Which right? is nerve wracking, which is nerve wracking. so nerve wracking waiting for their feedback. And then Brian sends us a note with all these little notes in it. We bring up the note in our conversation with Mike and Brian and then he talks about what he wrote in the email. It was like being in the movie Inception. It was like we're in a dream within a dream within a dream, like in a conversation within a podcast within a conversation within a podcast. But what was uh, especially fun for me was I got to bring up the fact that when Brian listened to our first episode and he heard you say, wow, the Southern Water Tribe is really small, Brian thought it was funny that you thought that that little tiny village was the entire Well, you know, I'm Fire Nation and to us it's just a little fishing village anyway i don't know you know there's la new york and there's a bunch of little villages in between we don't know it's a pretty big one called chicago the rest of them are just flyover places i guess that's the fire nation's attitude you go deep into full-on condescension so quick it just comes so naturally to you <laughs> and it's very very disturbing fire nation was like we don't know there's a little village down there yeah i don't know what they're doing down there there's not many of them left i don't know so our listeners have had a couple of episodes since we talked about the boy in the iceberg. So we got to kind of get back into the groove of Avatar The Last Airbender. We got to get out of our My Two Dad space, get back into our headspace of where we were when this to-be-continued cliffhanger of a first episode ended. And what we know has happened, Aang and Katar have inadvertently set off the trap. There's been a trigger. There's a light shining into the sky. Prince Zuko now recognizes, yes, the Avatar must be back. I have to go find him. And that is not good news for the members of the tiny Southern Water Tribe. This episode, The Avatar Returns, was written by Mike DiMartino and Brian Konetsko, and it was directed by the wonderful Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni. This episode, we are, again, extending from a lot of the stuff. There's still a lot we're finding out in these first two episodes of the show and definitely getting into some of the big picture themes to kind of find out that Aang didn't really want to be the Avatar. And that's kind of a huge discovery. We get right into that theme that the fate of the world, the balance of the world, it, it lies all in you know, the hands of a 12-year-old. I mean, 112-year-old, but 12-year-old. I mean, you know. And then the fact that you start to understand that Aang didn't even want this responsibility. He's like this reluctant leader, you know, which is cool. But it's it's also, it's just heavy for like a kid. And your kids are watching it like, oh, we got to go save the world. Like, yeah, yeah, dude, you, 12-year-old. 
Go get your dog and go save the world. <laughs> so that's where we are, right? That's where we've left off. Conflict between siblings, conflict in the tribe, conflict with Aang not wanting to be an avatar as we're about to get into in this second episode. You want to take us in and start uh, digging deep with us as we do a little recap, D? Okay, so the first thing we see is Sokka getting all his troops, a.k.a. the kids of the tribe, ready for the arrival of the Fire Nation ships. So uh, thank you, Sokka. Good old Zuko's coming on that battleship, and we have uh, a bunch of kids that have to go to the bathroom and whatnot. Yeah, this is going to go great for them. Aang is telling Appa how much he liked Katara. We start to start to feel these Katang feels, them alone, him talking to his, his water buffalo. Yeah, he doesn't say anything about liking Sokka, you're right. Not Sokka, Katara. Yeah, Katara. he just says he likes Katara. He's like, I know, I liked her too. Implication, I guess you must like her. I guess this is Katang because you ain't saying anything about Sokka. You could take or leave him at this point. Exactly. Also, you know, Sokka and Aang, which I forget, they've had, they had such a, a, a very hard relationship early on in the show. Sokka was not having any of Aang at this point. Super adversarial. I mean, he banishes him, to your point. He banishes him. Oh, he does banish him in the episode. He's like, we got to get ready. We got to deal with this. This is your fault. Katara's like, no, no, it's not his fault. No, I want to. And you know what? If you're going to banish him, I'm going to go too. That's it. And and and, and, and Grand Grand co-signed it. They're like, we're voting him off the island. He's out. He's out of the reality show. Get out. Take the walk of shame. You're out of here, buddy. That's right. And so that was that was kind of sad. <laughs> and Katara so quickly in the and I cannot tell. And listen. I'm sure many of us can relate to this, but in that moment where you're so angry that you say something that is a huge thing to say, which is, well, if you banish him, then you banish me too. I'm leaving. I'll, I will leave with him. And it doesn't last very long because as soon as his family goes, wait, really? You're going to turn your back yeah. on your entire family right. for this person right. you just met? She's like, yeah, no, I guess I, guess I probably shouldn't do that. And it was pretty heavy. And I, I remember doing that to a friend of ours growing up where we voted him out of our friend group because he was messing up a lot. And it was bringing back those feels like, that's such a messed up thing to do to somebody. Classic Zuko. Are you kidding you know, me? I mean, we usually just do that in private. We don't do it in front of their faces. Zuko wouldn't, although Zuko doesn't believe in a democracy. So Zuko would have just, I have to say, kudos to you for making it a democracy of voters of your friend group instead of just saying, <laughs> I'm in charge. I decide. You're out of here. I don't even care what my friends say. It still was a rough day it still was a rough day for all of those involved <laughs> so after the banishment so ang does see the ship coming and decides forget my banishment i'm coming back to save some water tribe folks because they look pretty pitiful yes and by the way i just want to say in terms of moments that break my heart when that little girl goes up to ang right before he leaves and goes don't go. I'll miss you. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all it takes. There's so many like little kid things in the show that you, I, I did not, obviously you're, we're not in the room when they're recording them. So you don't see those moments and then you watch them and there's all these like fun little, all from all over the world. And they have all these little cool little kid moments, which would, which are great, which kind of keep us moving and keep us connected to all these kind of characters in a fun way. And and then Appa gets left behind because Aang is like, I'm going to go back. But Appa's sleeping. Appa's like super lazy. FYI, just this first two episodes, my dude don't want to fly. Yeah. He's just, I guess after 12 years of napping, my dude, it takes him a while to wake up. Like, I've been sleeping for 100 years. I don't want to do nothing right now. 
I guess, but one could make the same argument that he has had plenty of sleep and he should be pepped up and ready to go. Although I'm not a morning person, so I totally get up. But like, I've been, I know, give me a little bit of time. Let me get a little coffee. You know, I'll be rocking <laughs> and rolling coffee. by noon, but like, don't be scheduling morning auditions because I'm not going to give you my best. I'm not going to give you my best at 10 a.m. I'm going to come rocking at noon. I'm realizing that I am Momo, but we'll get into that because we haven't even met Momo yet. But already I'm seeing there's there's a parallel line between which one of us is Appa and which one of us is Momo and have too much energy. Totally. And then we see Sokka getting everybody ready for the, the battle. All the kids getting ready for the battle because here comes the big bad Fire Nation ship. The Fire Nation also, our ship comes in hot, boy. <laughs> We're not looking for a port. We're not looking to anchor anywhere. We are coming right into the center of town with our ship through everything. Yeah, the ice is cracking and breaking and a child is like almost falls into the crack of ice. Someone's got to zip them away. We don't care. We're running over everybody. We're going straight to the middle of town. We don't see a dock. We don't see a pier. We don't care. It's on you, Southern Water Tribe. We did not see a welcoming committee. We did not see a place to drop anchor. Therefore, we're destroying your tiny little community. And also a cool thing, as they're getting ready to to, to do this, everyone starts getting ready for battle. I mean, Zuko is getting his, his guys are putting his suit on, tightening it up, put his helmet on. He's getting ready to go battle. And then, of course, Sokka, first time we're seeing um, his war paint. Yeah. Like the the, the Southern Water Tribe kind of, War paint, which actually looks very cool. I don't see enough cosplays of Sokka in this paint. In the war paint? It's Not true. I enough. agree with you. I agree with you. You see it once in a while, and it's like a rare find. Like, oh, I got to take your picture because you don't get to see that very often. It's a must that at some point on the podcast, we have somebody who can really talk about all things costume design, weapon design, makeup design, all of that. I mean, that has to happen. We got to do a deep dive episode because all the time and care that went into designing these extraordinary uniforms and different benders and the way that they clothe themselves, the way that they arm themselves, there's a lot of thought and care and a lot of history that goes into that. So we'll get one of our more expert behind-the-scenes folks to walk us through. More expert than us, Varney? <laughs> doesn't take much. I'll tell you what. I'll go out into my neighborhood and I'll just shout, we need someone who's more of an expert than Dante and Janet in the Avatarverse. And just like six people will come up and then I'll be like, you, just you come with me. And then we'll be set. I know that like, people school me on it every day. We yes, we are the stars of the show and we're very, it's very close to our hearts. No, we are not experts yet. But by the end of Braving the Elements podcast, we too will be experts. That's right. So I love that you brought that stuff up and we'll talk about that in a future episode. And to your point, your ship totally destroys um, the village, more or less. And then we see Sokka, who is, you know, oh, it's just heartbreaking. And it's so funny. This is, again, we find this balance uh, that the whole show, the whole series contains, which is balancing fear and seriousness with humor. You sort of have... You know, even just like I think there's a turn where Sokka's like, oh, boy, or like, oh, oh, geez, something like that when it feels like it's less stakes. And then he turns around to see the ship and says the same thing. But the meaning is so much heavier. It's like, oh, man, 
Oh, man, here we go. So it's light, it's dark, it's heavy, it's, but it, they really balance that out, even with all these crazy and kind of scary things that are happening. And Sokka does really try. I mean, he really tries to defend the village. And, boy, he gets beaten down so quick. It's really hard to watch. He's not even a threat. I'm sure it's very easy for you to watch. Yeah, it was easy. That's easy money for the fire, for fire for Zuko too. It's like easy money. Like he got all these kids. Show, show no, no fear. fear. And like the one kid got to go to the bathroom before they got to take their battle post or something. Yeah, <laughs> those are those are the people that we know that Zuko is going to be up against. It is not a fair battle. It's not going to be a fair fight if there even is a fight. And I, I mean, I got to say for Zuko, not just because I am Zuko, but. You know, you get to start to see his prowess because as as he has that first initial fight with Sokka, it's nothing. Sokka comes at him with like his little staff and like Zuko just like chops it all up. And he's like, dude, I'll eat you for breakfast. It ain't even (laughs) you're nothing. It's actually pitiful. It's sad. He's being a bully. Being a bully, how about he grabs Grand Grand, just yanks her out of the group. Everyone's gasping in horror. And you think, what is he going to do to Grand Grand? Well, fact is, he's actually not planning on doing anything. He's just using Grand Grand to say, Shoot, the Avatar, yeah. I'm looking for the Avatar. You're hiding the Avatar. Presumably, you are hiding the Avatar. Where is he? He will be this old. And not only like, that, he's what? like, you're old as hell. And the Avatar got to be this old. You might be homies, all right? He's That's like, right. you got to be the Avatar's homie because you're the oldest person around here. So t- where's right. your homie at? I will say we do know that this is the moment where Sokka's boomerang actually does make an impact on Zuko and his helmet. Very memorable boomerang throw that initially misses Zuko and become a meme, a, a very famous meme and very sure. funny animation. Very, very funny animation. <laughs> oh! Oh. And, it, and, you know, again, with... I'm speaking on Zuko's behalf. It, you know, it doesn't knock me out. I waver a little bit, you know what I'm saying? But it's not, I'm not out for the count or anything like that. It's, it's a nuisance. And then before anything else can happen, where Zuko, I'm sure, would go to town with some firebending, we see Zoom coming in, very heroic, yet very silly, sliding and sledding on this otter penguin, Izang. So he's back just in time. Uh, he takes Zuko down and... Zuko was a little startled by the boomerang, but keep going. <laughs> I love that you're giving us that. I thought about it. I've decided I will give it to you. <laughs> I wasn't 100% prepared because I got hit by a boomerang. And sure, here comes a kid on a friggin' otter penguin. I was a That's little right. bit taken by surprise. Got me. That's what right. am I going to say? But you got your wits together enough that when you see Aang and he's airbending and stuff, you're like, oh, you're the Avatar? Right. And it's like, oh, oh, it's a big surprise to all those dang water tribe folks that just banished the avatar out of their little village. And they're like, he's the savior. I'm like, yeah. And you banished him. Shame on you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And guess what? There's a fight, right? Such a brief fight. I wanted more fight. Aang wants to save everybody else. He doesn't want there to be collateral damage in this tiny community. He's like, listen, Will you leave everyone else alone if I just come with you? Let's let's make this nice, clean, and easy. What if I just come with you? I think Zuko doesn't even bother answering. It's just like, eh. I know. But you know, as Zuko finds out, as many of us do, it's like, if it's too good to be true, it's not. 
He's <laughs> like, I got the avatar. I'm going home. He's like, let's go back to Fire Nation, redeem myself. My dad's going to like you right. again. Everything's going to be great. You're like, no, it's not, Zuko. Closing credits. Credits for the entire series. Da, 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 da. If it feels uh, like it's too yeah. good to be true, it's probably not true, Zuko. It's probably too good to be true. Well, let's find out if Dante is right about that right after a quick break. Oh, I'm right. I know I'm right. Okay, we are back, and listen, Katara wants to rescue Aang. No surprise there. Uh, but what we don't realize is, and what Katara doesn't realize, she thinks, you know, she does that thing we all do. We're real blustery, and we think that we already know what someone's answer is going to be, and we just launch right into, you know, and I don't care what you say. I'm going to go rescue him. And it's like, no, Sokka already thought that as well, and yes. so did Grand Grand. So, again, great brother down. and sister relationship dialogue. Great just brother and sister relationship. And then, of, of course, Grand, you know, it's beautiful that Grand Grand's already in with the sleeping bags and, and Sokka got his little, his little canoe. I don't know what he think he's doing with it, that canoe. <laughs> all right. First of all, stop. Really, nobody's really, paddling to the Fire Nation in a canoe, Sokka. <laughs> You're a brilliant guy. You don't got guns like that. Not going to work. All right. Well, listen, he's got to use what he's got. And he's afraid of the flying bison. We don't even know where Appa is at this point. So he's doing what he can. And I will say that, you know, here, Kana, Grand Grand, she really kind of states, again, one of the sort of major themes of the show. She says, you know, that you you and Aang are, are linked. Your destinies are intertwined, right? And they, yes. who knows, whatever happens from here, that's that's not changing. That's absolutely sort of woven into the fabric of history now. Right, which is great. And then she says, you know, have a good adventure. Good luck on the on and the journey. And they're going to need each other. Very sageful, Grand Grand. She gets it. She gets it. And so but before they can get on get in the canoe that you find so pitiful, even though it's what he's got and he's working with what he's got, Appa appears, right? Lazy Appa. The- <laughs> sleepy Appa just rolls up. <laughs> Appa, the lazy canoe. <laughs> he's just like rolling up like, what is going on over here? You missed all the action, Appa, but whatever. Let's take that guy. That's right. Sokka has a great line about getting out of his comfort zone. You just love taking me out of my comfort zone, don't you? And that takes us to the ship, and Zuko's already just talk about plundering. That's like pillaging. He's already looking at the at, at Aang's staff and going like, oh, this is great. Yeah, I'll give this to my father, which by the way, don't think I didn't notice that. I don't think you say father that way again for the rest of the series. It's sort of British. There's like a, t- there's like a hint. There's like a pinch. <laughs> like, I'll give this to my father. This staff will make an excellent gift for my father. You know, he's, he's royal. He is royalty, that guy. <laughs> he's a blue blood. And then I do love the exchange when I give it to Uncle Iroh, and Uncle Iroh's like, You mind taking this to his quarters for me? Also, blue blood guy. He's like, I'm not doing that either. He's in his inimitable Iroh way. He's very chill about everything, including when he gets bossed around by his younger nephew. It's so crazy knowing all of us fans out there that we all know who Uncle Iroh is ultimately by the end of the series to watch these new episodes in a new time and see there's no hint of who he is, who he actually is. He's just like this blundering uncle, just kind of comic relief. And you think he's like the nurse in Romeo and Juliet or something like that, where like, yeah, he's just a guy. And we don't know 
who he is. It's just amazing for me to watch that in a new time. Like, but I I agree, and I think you know you again not to get too deeply into it. So this is an anti foreshadow report moment, but a lot of the time when you do love a show and you've seen it before, when you go back to rewatch it, you're looking for those indicators, right? You're really you find yourself right. going, well, maybe. Maybe I can interpret these different actions as being indicative of, of something to come. Maybe there's something deeper here that I can glean from this moment of eating roast duck. Um, and, but I agree with you. Like, it's kind of tough. It's kind of t- it's tough to find those those any hints at all of where. No, where I mean, as far as on my account and I'm sure on Mako, like we had no idea who we, who we were actually going to be by the end. No yeah. clue. I was just at this point, I'm just the bratty villain in a teenage, you know story and uh i had no idea any redemption was coming i'm just like upset a lot you just wanted to give that stuff to your father i just want to get to my father please <laughs> and then and then i then i don't get to give him anything <laughs> but bad don't. news well somebody makes it a little hard uh for that to happen and and that takes us to seeing ang you know he is got his hands tied behind his back he's got these two prison guards flanking him one in the front one in the back kind of going down this narrow hallway and yet somehow he still gets out of it and that actually brings us to a new segment that we wanted to introduce for this episode and for our podcast ongoing a segment we like to call you had one job And that is a segment in which we identify a moment in an episode where applicable that somebody just had this seemingly simple, very basic, yet very important task to accomplish. And these two guys had one job. It was to make sure Aang didn't escape. He had his hands tied behind his back. But in fact, here we go. I guess you've never fought an airbender before. I bet I could take you both with my hands tied behind my back. And they're just like, yeah, whatever. I mean, it also makes Zuko look less of a failure at the time, at the many, many times he's failed already. <laughs> it does, yeah, it's very reminiscent of the stormtroopers always messing things up, you know. Good call. You know, we're like, what are those guys doing? You're like, do you not know that Lord Vader is not going to be happy? He's going to do that like, pinch thing. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all going to get right. choked out soon. That's right. So these two soldiers absolutely fail they had one job so they win the you had one job segment of the week uh for in fact ang does beat them with both hands tied behind his back yes and but he's very powerful that, then he ends up going to beat a bunch of other ones too running around crazy he's just getting started but he's the avatar and no one's seen an airbender in a hundred years so yeah you know talk about underestimating which as we know Zuko tends to like to do with the Avatar. He likes to do a little underestimating. Now, that takes us back to your favorite lazy canoe, Appa, who is swimming slowly, (laughs) slowly along. And now even Sokka, who, you know, really was averse to the idea of flying and was kind of weirded out by the idea of of trusting this creature when he first meets him in episode one. Even Sokka is like, we got to get this thing going, right? Totally. I mean, he is a manatee. He's half manatee, so he's probably swimming decently fast. Faster than, for sure, faster than Sokka could paddle. For sure. Right, right. The manatee part of him is swimming, but not, you know, not as fast as flying. (laughs) He's activated. That's right. And then the kids are now trying to figure out how to get Appa to fly. And they're trying to remember what Aang said, and they went through all the, the things. And then we get the iconic, you know, we know what it is. Yep, yep. 
Which is classic. That's like, I mean, that's a trivia. That's like a trivia pursuit, a Jeopardy question for sure. So it works, right? The Appa is soaring through the sky. That's a, that's a good sign. It looks like maybe they're going to be able to get to wherever they need to be a little bit faster. And maybe they do need to be there as fast as possible because Aang is now all by himself running through the ship, avoiding guards left and right, trying to not get zapped by fire trying to right. not get caught by the guards and he ends up in Zuko's room right well he's trying to find his staff all over the place because his staff is part of his whole airbending situation although there is a little telltale sign when he goes into Uncle Iroh's room and Uncle Iroh's sleeping and he doesn't wake him and actually he says you know sorry on the way out so you can kind of see like he had he there is something in the future like oh he's kind of cool with Uncle Iroh for some reason right now and then mm. he winds up in um, my chambers. And guess what? I slammed the door behind him. Gotcha. Well, I think I got him. And then a, another, you know, less brief fight happens, which uh, there is an embarrassing situation that happens with Zuko. <laughs> in this particular fight, the whole mattress, uh, yeah, the whole mattress, you know, debacle happen i i mean mean, you don't want to be bested by your own bed like that's a little bit embarrassing that being said mattresses are soft you know so it's like (laughs) it's like getting hit by a big pillow you know i got smothered a little bit because ang is a decent person who does he's not looking to harm anyone so he tries whenever possible he tries to only be defensive so even when he's having to protect himself against zuko in this tiny enclosed space he still has dare i say the class to just use a mattress instead of something more dangerous and i have to say i salute i'll take it I'll take it. There's a lot of air in that matches for him to bend, I guess, to throw it around the room. <laughs> and, and and in Zuko's defense. It might be an air mattress. Zuko might have to blow it up every night. I'm not here just to defend Zuko. But, you know, in Zuko's defense, he can't go full firebender in this place. Or else he's going to set his ship on fire. So it's like very controlled firebending good in point. the small wooden place. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Varney. I want that it's to good be point. noted. <laughs> in the court record. In the court record. I want that to be Noted. So Aang gets out of Zuko's handsome quarters and he is actually about to fly away on his glider. And so we have this beautiful moment where it's like, oh, we see him from, we're looking up at him from below and his gli- he's on his glider. It's like, he got a what? And then record scratch. Yes. Guess who Zuko. got the foot? Zuko. How beautiful was that jump? Look how athletic Zuko was. Can't fly. <laughs> There's no plan B to this. I'm either jumping face first, He's like three stories up into death, or I'm grabbing my guy's foot. I mean, total James Bond villain moment. All of a sudden, it's it was exciting. It was exciting. Yeah. And so Aang's flying abilities, uh, obviously not not great with two people. It's a one man. That that staff is a one man situation. It's not it's not made for two people. That's right. No, so but it accomplishes tum- the goal. Uh, yeah, they, it, of tumbling back down to the deck, um, he does not get away. And in fact, we see, we actually see, we have a moment of like, oh no, they're going to have to face off again. And we do see that Appa and Sokka and Katara are coming, but Zuko is just 
banging away on the firebending and there's only so much Aang can do. And eventually he does get knocked into the water yeah. before Sokka and, and Katara and Appa can get to him. And he plunges into a very deep water and we see it happening. It's right. really, really scary. So Zuko bests them at this moment. Is that what you're saying, Ronnie? Zuko bests Aang at this particular I mean, it's going to change in a, a moment later, but at this moment, again, I'd like it to be put into the, you know, records. Aang I gets mean, bested yes. by Zuko. Yes. I mean, yes, I guess in this yeah. particular Thank moment. You. Thank you. You can get to There continue. is a moment. So Aang is, we hear kind of Katara Aang. shouting, you know, screaming Aang. after him. Aang is plummeting down into the depths of the ocean. And suddenly we close up on Aang's face and his eyes open and they are filled with a white light that we have in fact seen before. We know something magical is happening here. And the moment that I love about this particular one, and I think it does happen when we see him in episode one, but it really struck me this time is how adult, how grown up that expression is. When he, when his eyes open and he's in the avatar state, you know something's happening here because he looks like a full-grown adult in some ways. And I think that's really interesting. He taps into the hundreds, if not thousands of previous avatar folks. But do we know that yet? We, foreshadow alert, ding, 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 foreshadow (laughs) alert. Foreshadow report. He might be looking so old because all of a sudden he got thousands of people. It's energy resonating through his aura and body. And so he may, you yeah. know, and he is 112 yeah. years old. Let's not, let's not forget that. He looks <laughs> like he's 12 years old, but he's 112 years old. Yeah. All of this is true. And we see that he is water bending out of the water in this amazing spiral of water that shoots him. And listen, he extends far above the ship. So it's very clear that, yeah. you know, I mean, do I think that the avatar state is showing off a little bit? I don't know, but he is I really so. spiraling up there. And then he's coming this back down. This is the down. best like, waterbending we have seen thus far on the show. That's right. And maybe any of my firebending crews ever seen in their lives. Cause we, you know, we don't see this kind of waterbending every day. No way. That's right. So he gets himself out of it, but it's not really like that. He stays in this state where suddenly Aang is in the Avatar state and is taking everyone to task. In fact, it's just sort of a momentary burst that saves Aang, but he's in a greatly, greatly weakened state. And I think we're going to have to leave him there for another break. I hate to do it to him, but we got to take a quick one. Braving the Elements is sponsored by SWT Boomerangs. The harder you throw, the longer you wait. SWT Boomerangs. Because what goes around, comes around. Eventually. Fire Nation helmets sold separately. And we are back, or should I say, back into some incredible water bending. It was so good that even Sokka tells his sister, maybe to put it in her face a little bit, he's like, now that is some water bending. Can't resist. He can't he resist. resist. <laughs> he could resist letting her know, like, what you've been doing is a water hose. This action <laughs> is like full on real deal fireman water bending action. That's right. And Sokka continues with some other strong moments shortly after because when Aang blasts himself back up onto the deck, the force of that knocks Zuko overboard and Zuko is valiantly, I will give you that, trying to climb back up, but Sokka he takes the staff to jab Zuko. Right. To knock him further, but Zuko grabs the staff. It's another one of those 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 
James Bond villain moments where Sokka sees the staff and he, he grabs it. And right when he grabs it, all of a sudden Zuko has the other side of it. And then right. he kind of twirls one of them, ends up hitting him in the head. Ta, 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 and Zuko's hanging off the side of the ship. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. I don't know how, how long I could hold on. Probably not very long. Zuko's pretty ripped. Yeah, he is. He's pretty shredded. That boy shredded. That impression. <laughs> he's not eating many carbs, Zuko. He's this guy's full on keto diet all day long and anger. Well, it's paying off. And I would say I agree with you that the anger takes him a long way. And the anger alone is probably enough to keep him hanging on to the side of his own ship. Aang's down. The, there are guards arriving. Uh, Katara and Sokka and Aang are in grave danger. And Katara tries. And she, you know, she's she's waterbending. She's desperate. You know, we, we've seen so far with Katara in the show that it seems that for her, high emotion is a way of her sort of accessing these powers. But she hasn't really been able to harness them yet. And so she is in a desperate situation. She's like Zuko in that way. She absolutely. That's a good point. I think that's a really good parallel. Just want to throw that out there. How dare you be so wise? Katara quickly tries to, she's like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to freeze the water around the deck so that the guards freeze. Unfortunately, on her first attempt, she freezes her own brother. Katara! And he has to hack his way out of her handiwork. But shortly thereafter, she does. She's able to freeze the guards. They're trapped in the ice. And here comes Appa and Iroh uh, arrives with and, and is trying to kind of help with Zuko, although... Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about Iroh arriving, because, again, we haven't seen him really participate in much of the, the conflict. Well, Iroh is so at all like everyone else. Like, that is the Avatar. Like, this is the first time he's seeing, like, an airbender do some things, the Avatar state, all this kind of stuff. So this the Avatar is being revealed to a lot of people during this particular episode. It's, it's really a big a big thing that everyone thought this guy was dead, and now he's here. Also, I got to give props to this amazing shot when... Uh, Zuko's all wet and he's angry and then they, they do a close-up push-in on Zuko and he steams like his yes. fire he like slowly fire bends all the water off him and it steams it's so good so, so brilliant so good so so good yeah Uncle Iroh's still a bumbling old man at the moment like what's going on here and then Zuko says you know fire at them which is you know when right. I watched it the first time and again watching it again you think where are the cannons? Because I don't, haven't seen any cannons on this ship. But of course, when when the Fire Nation says fire at them, they're meaning us fire our fire Great point. bending at them. We are the yeah. we are the cannons. And so That's Zuko right. and Uncle Iroh do a synchronized fire bending technique, and it's really beautiful. But they're trying to maim and kill Appa for sure. And it, it gets close. <laughs> yeah, I should be it laughing. It gets close but yeah. for sure. Yeah. And then Aang does a little bending himself, which ends up not firing back at, at the ship, but hits the side of the the ice walls and kind of creates an avalanche that falls and essentially disarms the ship, destroying or at least damaging the ship really badly and stopping them so they can get away. That was pretty impressive, Aang. Pretty impressive. 
It is, right? I mean, it's a great example of, again, it's just the mattress all over again. Listen, Aang is not out there to hurt anybody. And so he has to use his airbending in as a defensive maneuver. And so even though he knows these fireballs are coming at them, these, the, the you know, sh- fires being shot at them to bring them down, come what may. And he still thinks to use the tactical approach of airbending, to your point, not straight back at them, but sort of banking it like a pool table, banking it yeah. off the snow, and then the snow crumpling over the, the ship and, and sticking them. I mean, that is, that's a, that, again, that's a real show of restraint. Yeah, yeah it's a show of restraint and almost a nonviolent aspect. Uh, you know, it's a very airbender airbending so airbender monk tactic and it worked and then of course as a uh, as i'm getting all my guys to use their firebending to melt this uh ice that has you know maimed our ship you know i swear that i won't underestimate the avatar ever again but i've already underestimated him several <laughs> times suko how many times do you have to underestimate this guy also, I love that it's sort of taken down a peg or two by the fact that seeing the guards being unfrozen in the background while other guards are just sort of lightly like toasting them with their fireballs. Yeah, it's basically to, the can't equivalent. Cook can't cook them. It's like the equivalent of holding a hairdryer to a wet dog. It's a sort exactly. of sad, like slow process where you have to you have to slowly do it. And it's definitely a humbling moment for the Fire Nation. And and so that takes us to the gang getting away. Here we have Katara and Aang. You know, she's like, why didn't you tell me that you were the Avatar? And he said, because I never, you know, never really wanted to be the Avatar. Great shot. Great moment. Yeah. Very great moment. Know, we get into a little dramatic. We get to a little YA drama moment with like a yeah. nice kind of like aerial view. Really beautiful. Really beautiful. And they're talking about the the water bending that happened. And is there a way that, you know, that the Avatar, that Aang can embrace being the Avatar in some kind of way? Because clearly the world does need him. And the idea comes up again of, well, listen, if we go to the Northern Water Tribe, then perhaps Aang can master water bending, which is sort of what the was prophesied would need to happen next. And Katara can find perhaps... Exactly right. Exactly right. And so they're going to be heading towards the North Pole. So that mostly takes us to the triumphant end of the recap. But I just want to put a little button on the end of the recap of this episode with an Animal Crossing moment, because we already have the the animals that we've seen crossed in this episode, which we know and love and have already talked about. But I just want to point out that right at the very end, of the episode, we have Aang saying, oh, and by the way, while we're on our way to the North Pole, we are going to check out some hopping llamas, some giant koi, and some hog monkeys. So he has a real agenda of a full tour of all the different hybrid animals and animals that he wants to ride. I mean, he's here to save the world, and he's kind of like putting those clothes on, like, maybe I can get into this. But then the kid in him comes out again, where... It happens to a lot of us, kids and actors, that we're trying to get to one place, but guess what? We have to make a bunch yeah. of stops on the way there. So that's right. That, that's actually kind of because again, they become kids again. Like, I, yeah, 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 we got this thing to do. However, I want to go all over the place before I get there. Yeah. They drop all these new animals that we're gonna, know. you know, see 
hopefully get to see in the future. Yeah, hopefully we get to see them all. Okay, buddy, you know what time it is. It's time to get into the MVB most valuable bending moment of episode two. I am the greatest earthbender in the world. I thought about that. Where were you going with? Well, I was thinking that... It's always easy to go to the Avatar state. I know, I know. We could stay from the Avatar state a little bit. I agree with you. Because I know what? I would love to hear what you think because I was thinking, I sort of did that same exact thing that you're just describing, which is I didn't allow myself to think past the Avatar State moment. And I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind. Like, no, we do need to think past the Avatar no, State. No, you have to. Because that's like, that just you got activated. Yeah, you have to. It's like, it's the same reason why they don't give LeBron James the MVP of the NBA every year, even though everyone in the league knows on every different level as a player (laughs) what he means to the NBA, what he means to all the money being, you know, it's like Tiger was like, we can't give him MVP every year, even though we all know that he's the MVP. You got to give it to other guys. You got to give it to other moments. I think there's so many little things that are going on. I mean, like you can easily go with the guitar doing the water bending and freezing the guys to get them away from there. Yeah. The one thing I got impressed with was seeing Aang get away from the two bumbling guys when he was wrapped yeah. up. Because it's the first time you're seeing him use airbending in a really powerful way. Outside of that, he's just kind of been doing fun little things with it. You know, and like, yeah. how are you going to use air as a weapon or get away? Mm, and to see how powerful mm-hmm. it is. Because... His hands are behind his back, and you're like, how's he yeah. get out of this? And he's like, you guys never seen an airbender before, huh? And then he d- just blows one time. And you, the power, yeah. one guy gets smashed in the door so hard, and then the other guy gets smashed all, you know, all the way across the room, and he's able to get away. I think, to me, that's an envy, because it's the first time I'm seeing airbending in this powerful, powerful way. I got to say, I love that. I love that choice. I am agreeing. I'm totally agreeing with it because it also very nicely bookends our you had one job moment, too. Exactly. So you have them at their bumbling worst, but it's very much because of this supreme moment of mind-blowing airbending, so to speak, right. that it's two guys with one job. Aang, so those work. You know, it's a great thing. It's kind of like the Stormtroopers. It's like they keep making mistakes, and because they have helmets and masks on, I mean, obviously, it's going to be different people throughout the show, Fire Nation guys messing up, but somewhere in your mind, you think it's always the same guys messing up. Yeah. These guys are continuing yeah. to mess up everywhere they go, but they're wearing their helmets. It's like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Like, their guys are always messing up, no matter where they go. I love it. And then that takes us to our most valuable non-bending moment. I just thought of one that I'm sure from a tactical perspective could be argued against. But Go from for it. The, but mine comes from the heart. Oh, oh, oh. For me, heart bending. Heart bending. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. I would say for me, the most valuable non-bending moment in this episode is when, and you brought it up before, that little boy throws the spear and says, show, show no fear. fear. Because it's the only, like, it's the best he can do. It's the best anyone can do in the scenario that they're in. It's like, he, he again, you want to, you're, you're playing defense. You're on the basketball team to keep that metaphor going. Like, you got to give an assist. 
trying so hard. Like, yeah, remember what you taught us. And it's the, it's the cutest voice of all time. And it's just like, oh. And that, so the intention is for it to be a most valuable non-vending moment. And so it for that reason alone, it sort of wins it. Now, I'm sure that they're, again. That's what you're going with? I want to go with show no fear. Barney, you're so water tribe. You can't. <laughs> You can't help yourself, you water tribe people. You just can't. You don't know. I almost said I mean, that it was Grand Grand giving over the sleeping bag. You're so water tribe. <laughs> For me, and I don't know, maybe you guys out there will agree with me. It's got to be all-time most valuable non-bending moment in this show is, of course, the boomerang. The boomerang is the most, yeah. you know, You're right. it's the most iconic, classic it's not bending. You're right. He's throwing the boomerang. We can all do that in real life. We don't got to be That's airbenders. That's still water for tribe. That I can get with back. that. That's still water tribe. You're right. And then when it came back and hit him in the back of the head at the most opportune time, non-bending moment. No, wait. All right, because we, I think we gave love. No, Sokka. It's like Sokka and Aang and everything. We like to give it up to Sokka. And that's kind of why I was thinking, well, Katara won episode one because she brought the Avatar back. But That's right. Uh, but yeah, there are a lot of opportunities, obviously, for Aang to win. And there's going to be a lot of opportunities for Sokka to win. And there's not going to be even one more opportunity for that little child. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you, Water Tribe folks, have that one then. To win the most valuable moment, I promised I wasn't gonna cry. But if he could just give him that tiny little morsel of pride for saying "show no fear," that would just mean a lot to me. So we talked about the kind of one of the big picture themes that we see in this episode. We sort of teased it uh, when we began talking about this episode of the podcast, this idea of Aang being a very reluctant avatar. And that, again, we have these situations that we're confronted with in our lives where we may know what the right thing to do is, but it may be really hard and it may feel like it's bigger than what we can take on. Um, and that is a really hard thing to overcome. And sometimes the way that you do it is through humor, which I will say the show does a great job with. It's like, you still have to take those moments to have that joy in your life. Even if your long-term journey is going to be one that's very hard. Yes. I mean, you know, humor to battle, you know, to battle our fears is, is a definitely a big, a big, big, uh, part of a lot of our lives, especially in this industry. Barney, I mean, we, we right. laugh to keep from crying sometimes because of <laughs> harshness of this group, but harshness show of life. Show no and fear. Show no fear. And, <laughs> and the story of the reluctant hero is a classic tale and a tale that I think a lot of us can uh, just connect with because there's a lot of things that we don't want. We all have to be the, our heroes in our own life. And a lot of times we do not want to be that hero, but it's okay because there's these great stories like Avatar Last Airbender that re reminds us that sometimes the hero that we need, the leaders that we need are the reluctant heroes. And we may not always want to have those leaders that are just dying to lead us to God knows where, but they're, they're ready to point. lead us there. Sometimes it's better to have that reluctant leader who has some, you know, apprehension to what he's doing. And so, you know, we can go in a, a little more of a, you know, a little more safer space and not just dive in crazy like crazy people going somewhere where we don't know. I love that. And I, and I love what you said about being the heroes of our own stories, because that is one of the ways that, I mean, is generally like professionally, like in therapy, that is acknowledged as a way of 
being able to see your own story um, and be kinder to yourself and make good choices if you think about yourself as the hero in your story. If you take yourself out of it and go, what would I want to see Janet do in this situation in in the book I'm reading about Janet? I would want her to be brave. I would want her to make this smart choice so that it would go to the next thing. And so if we allow ourselves to be the heroes in our stories, that doesn't have to mean we're perfect, but it does give us the kind of presence of mind to think further into the future, right? Totally. None of the heroes are perfect. We're not perfect. And if we're, and if we're going through uh, bad times, just realize, hey, this could be the end of the second act. We know in the end That's of the right. second act, it's always it's always not good. We got to wait for right. the third act for things to uh, get better. Yeah. You just got to wait for that little yip yip in your own life. Yip yip. And it's on its way. And with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Braving the Elements. What's on tap for next week, my friend? Next week, we're going to talk to this man, Eric Coleman, that we keep hearing about introducing to you guys. And that'll be next Tuesday. Remember, everyone, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app. Subscribe, follow, like us. We love you back. We will see you next time. See you next time.